The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who around this town tonight. Welcome to Call Me Last of the Sports Talk. Stop. Alex Clancy in studio Monday morning, Phoenix, Arizona. 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lasseter. A lot of stuff happened over the weekend. Indiana Pacers beat Miami Heat yesterday, 107-96. Uh, the Pacers finally look like the Pacers. Is this just a premonition? Is this the same thing that the Clippers did to Oklahoma City in game one of their series? I'll talk about that a lot today. Talk Phil Jackson trying to get Derek Fisher over there to be the head coach of the New York Knicks after Steve Kerr signed a five-year, $25 million deal with the Golden State Warriors to stay on the East Coast, to stay with his family, etc. Why Phil Jackson hasn't stepped in to be the head coach yet. I know a lot of it has to do with traveling, but at this point, uh, if they can't get a coach soon, even though he says they're in no rush to get one, his hand might be forced to coach, and I'm sure he'll ask for some more money if that were the case. California Chrome wins the Preakness with a uh, late race burst. Uh, we'll talk about the nasal strips and the situation at hand for the Belmonts. He's been they've been told that uh, the horse is allowed to race in at Belmont Stakes, and uh, the whole controversy behind that. I'll, I'll get into that. I'll get into some football later on as well. 107-96 Pacers beat the Heat. Indiana up 1-0 in the series. Paul George 24-7 last night. Those seven assists, not rebounds, which is kind of big for Indiana as a team because they've been lacking in the assist department throughout the whole playoffs. I think that definitely has something to do with uh, their struggles. But they looked really good. They looked really good yesterday. Uh, This is something that all Indiana fans and NBA fans People in general were, were waiting for the number one seed to play like the number one seed after having to go seven games against Atlanta, getting scared uh, against Washington, losing t- two games at home by, by wide, wide margins. So they look good. Uh, all five starters were in double figures. Seemed like they were a cohesive unit. Roy Hibbert had 19 and 9. He's kind of been the, the Miami Heat killer. Uh, in the playoffs in the past couple of years, even though Miami's won both series they've played against Indiana in the past two years. What did I take away from this on the side of Indiana? They played their best game maybe in the last month and a half, two months. I'm not sure if it had solely to do with just being supercharged, having Miami come into their house, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1, They've been waiting for this all year, and you know they executed. They didn't get anything from their bench. CJ Watson had 11 in 18 minutes. 
That was more due to hot shooting, getting to the free throw line more than anything else, in my opinion. George Hill hit three threes in the first quarter, so his numbers were ballooned a little bit because of that. Lance Stevenson played great, 17-8. and eight, Shot 8 for 12 from the field. He hasn't shot very well in the playoffs thus far. So uh, it, it might have had something to do with Miami playing a smaller lineup. I'm not sure if, if, if that will continue throughout the series because seemingly, if it will, they might be in trouble. On the other side, Miami, you know, they played fine. They shot over 50% from the field. LeBron had a LeBron game, 25-10-9, or 25-10-5. Dwayne Wade, 27. You know, this is why they've said they sat him out for so long, so he could be ready to play in the playoffs, especially in this series and hopefully for them in the finals. Played almost 40 minutes, which is a lot for Dwayne Wade, especially with all of his nagging injuries pretty much from the beginning of his career until now. Their bench didn't do much either. So this is really going to be determined upon what starting five plays better with regards to who wins the series. And that's obvious in most series, but we've seen a lot of great bench play, especially with the Clippers in Oklahoma City in the last series. San Antonio, obviously, always. But both these teams lean solely on their starting lineup predominantly. And then, obviously, you have Ray Allen coming off the bench for Miami, and you have a Luis Scola coming off the bench for Indiana. It's pretty much a six- or seven-player rotation for both teams. So it'll really show if LeBron can circumvent whatever defensive schemes they're going to throw at him and succeed. And he did last night. He's 11 for 18 from the field. Uh, he didn't get. To, he only got to the line twice, which is I'm not sure if that is a testament to the defense or a testament to LeBron kind of being lazy and taking jump shots. And he did take a lot of jump shots last night. He got to the rim some, but not as much as Miami Heat and probably Eric Sprouls would want him to. And I, I alluded to uh, the Clippers and Oklahoma City game one in Oklahoma City where the Clippers tore the roof off. Everybody's like, oh, you know, the Clippers will take care of this series now. I don't think that's the case, and I said that about the Clippers series. I don't think that's the case in this series. This was by far the best game the Indiana Pacers have played in weeks. So as Miami Heat fans, and as Miami Heat as a whole, I don't think that you really need to be worried all that much. Indiana gives Miami matchup problems. We've known that for the past three seasons. They need to find a way to get bigger. And I, and I, I think that with Greg Oden not working out and with them getting rid of Joel Anthony uh, last year, I believe, they've kind of put themselves I- I- into a corner here. I'm not sure why they got rid of Joel Anthony. I know it's had to do with cap room and, and things in that regard. But he was a fairly serviceable seven-footer who could block shots and rebound. And that's what they need right now. Chris Bosh isn't that. Chris Anderson can't really do the things that Joel Anthony could do. He has more offensive talent. He has more passion seemingly on the court. He can make plays, but he's not a big guy. They don't really they don't have a traditional big guy. 
Chris Bosh is shooting threes. He was over five from three after shooting almost fifty percent from three going into this series throughout the playoffs. Udonis Haslam is an undersized four who plays five sometimes. So I'm not sure how they're gonna they're gonna come back and try and defend Roy Hibbert and David West. But they're gonna have to figure something out. That starting lineup is tall for Indiana. George Hill, you know, six three, and then Lance Stevenson's tall. Paul George is tall. David West is six eight, but he plays like a seven footer at times. And Roy Hibbert is, you know, eight foot six. So they need to figure something out in an effort to win. I still think that they're gonna take care of business. Because as dominant as Indiana looked in Game 1, Miami could look easily as dominant if, if they're running gun like they're known to do. If they get it on the fast break, which they did yesterday, which was interesting to me, that that's the only thing that I would kind of uh, be worried about if I were Miami. They had 21 fast break points to 6 for Indiana. So that's the, that's the range that they want. And that's the range that's... That's pretty normal for both of these teams. Indiana's more of a half-court offensive team. They play defense, execute fairly well on offense. At times, they don't really have a go-to scorer, which is what Paul George should be, but he isn't at times. And Miami's the run-and-gun team. So having said everything, Indiana got to the line multitude more times than Miami did yesterday. Indiana got there. They were 29-37, to which is almost 80%. Miami got there 10-15. for And most of Miami's free throw numbers are ballooned due to LeBron and due to Dwayne Wade. But I'm sure Dwayne Wade is... He's not the same player as he was five or six years ago. The slasher that would go up and give up his body to get to the free throw line because his body is kind of falling apart. So Miami, what they need to do is, if I were Miami, I would play a zone. I would make Indiana beat us by shooting threes. Because Paul George is a below-average three-point shooter. So is Lance Stevenson. George Hill showed some flashes yesterday. He's very hit or miss uh, behind the line. So they don't really have a three-point shooter. You can't really count C.J. Watson because he doesn't play enough minutes. But I would play some sort of matchup zone which could kind of hinder Roy Hibbert from getting easy buckets and keep David West from getting those little 10 or 12 footers that he loves to shoot. And they're not a very good defensive rebounding team to begin with, so playing a matchup zone that traditionally yields offensive rebounds for the offensive team isn't really an issue because they don't rebound the ball that well to begin with. Shane Battier played a non-factor role in this game. This is why they started Shane Battier. First of all, to go small, you have LeBron guarding the four, David West, who we got abused by. But Shane Battier, if given the chance, hits a lot of big shots. And, you know, Miami, when it's all said and done, they haven't played an important game since the playoffs started. I understand every playoff game is important, but they haven't been in a tight playoff series since last year. Miami has been in game mode since game one of the first round of the playoffs. So maybe Miami was just a little lethargic 
I'm not really sure, but something was missing, and everything that was missing moved over to the other side with Miami. I would to Indiana. Because Indiana just looked really good. They looked really efficient. And uh, I'm curious to see how game two will play out. They play Tuesday night in Indiana. So, I, you know, I think, again, I think Miami will win game two, and I think they'll win at either six or seven. Kwame, what did you take away from the Heat Pacers game? Uh, the role players didn't stay up, stay, stand up for the Heat. The, um, there was no defense. It was like a rotation. Even with LeBron having uh, 25, uh, 27, I think it was, um, 25 points, and with Dwayne had 27 points, there were, that's supposed to be a big three over there. Chris Bosh only amassed nine points in this, in this basketball game. But I, I go back to the other side of the game is there was, not a lack of, there was no defense. There was lack of rotation. The guys didn't step up. Uh, there was no bench showing. Um, Miami, Miami Heat got what they want, uh, or more so Indiana Pacers got what they want as far as home court advantage, home field advantage. Now the Miami Heat needs to go in there and steal one game and get it back to Miami, and then we're talking about a different ball game. Yeah, uh, on the other side of the break, I want to ask you if you think that playing early afternoon has something to do with uh, it benefiting one team or the other, because we talked about this in the NCAA tournament. A lot of upsets happened when the games were at 10 o'clock in the morning, noon, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and not the traditional 6 or 7 p.m. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, and Kwame in studio. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome back. Cormier Lasseter Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. 
Follow Kwame. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lasseter. 107-96 Pacers beat the Heat on Sunday. 1-0 series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. Been talking back and forth a little bit about what each team did well, what each team kind of lacked uh, in Game 1. And obviously both of us said that, that bench play was lacking. Ray Allen played 30 minutes. I wonder how long his body will be able to hold up. At times he did look a little bit older. You can kind of slowly see the decline of these players. Uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, it, when Brooklyn played Miami, was obvious. Seems like the oldest guy in the NBA. He has a lot of tread on his feet. Um, I'm not sure what will happen in Game 2. I know that Miami will obviously have to make adjustments uh, to combat the tall, low-post nature of, of Indiana. What do you think that they need to do in an effort to stop Roy Hibbert and David West from getting easy buckets down low? Well, well, real quick, when you look at what uh, Ray Allen did, I mean, those are good numbers if Chris Bosh steps out. He hit, he, what is it, 20 minutes and 12 points, I, I think it was. But Chris Bosh has to step up as far as the big three is concerned. He's listed as a center. When you t- and now you're talking about uh, Haslam. You're talking about – I'm not Haslam, but you're talking about West and those guys for Indiana Pacers. Well, he's going to have to get down low and make something happen. LeBron James cannot play at the three and four and think they're going to get it done against the Indiana Pacers basketball team. Now, we this has been a team that's been on a roller coaster, the Pacers have, and then they show up first game at home against who we think are the better te- is the best team in the NBA, along with the Spurs and Oklahoma City Thunder, but those, the, rightfully so, those teams are in the playoffs. They're going to have to play uh, a better game inside. The bench has got to show up and get them about 25 points. Um, that, that is a must, and Chris Ball, have to have, he's going to have to play a better game. Yeah. Nine points is not going to do it. I don't even know if he had any rebounds, but nine points is not. He had two rebounds. Chris Boss had two rebounds in his basketball game. Now, when he's hitting the three, that's fine because it's working and everything else is working around them. But if you listed as a center, you're going to have to start banging down. This is the playoffs. This is the game to get you to the championship, Eastern Conference Final. You're going to have to find, find a way, Miami Heat, to win one in Indiana and take home court away. Yeah, because if you lose game two, then, well, no. I mean, a, a series doesn't start until a team loses at home. That's that's the old adage. That that's how it is. I think Miami will take that's care of this. That's an old adage, but that don't make it. That don't make it so. I mean, if if you go down two, and we're talking about an Indiana Pacers teams who's coming together, we we looked at them and said they had mental problems during during the, during the playoffs. Not just the regular season. They limped into the playoffs. The Atlanta Hawks gave them trouble. Washington was giving them trouble. And now we thought, oh, I think that the Miami Heat's a better team than those two that they play, but they lose. The Miami Heat lose on the road, which is not a big concern because you at home, Indiana Pacers are playing better. This is what they wanted. They've stepped up to what they wanted right now. They wanted home court, and they wanted it against the Miami Heat. So they got it, and they won their first game. Now it's going to have to be a component to the Miami Heat to find a way to win this one game and go back home and take home field. Yeah, uh, LeBron needs to shoot more than 18 times, though, too. I mean, this is not this is no time to be nice. This is no time to pass the ball around. This is You are the best player on the planet. You need to shoot the ball 27, 28, 30 times in an effort to get your team going. I understand that with most players, one guy shooting the ball a lot is detrimental or could be. Russell if, Westbrook. Well, yeah, but LeBron has that innate facilitator in him. 
So he'll take what the defense gives him, but that doesn't mean that he can't run over everybody going down the lane and get to the line. You can you have to get to the line more than twice if you're LeBron James. If he got to the line ten times like he normally does, he would have put up upper th- low thirties instead of upper twenties, and this would have been a completely different game. But well, don't you think um, a guy like LeBron James uh, wanted to see where his team was in his first game? Because because I still think, that I think in the Heat, first half of this first game, not first you don't half, have to wait yeah, the whole game. First half, yeah. But I still think the Miami Heat is a better team than the Pacers, even though they are on the road. I mean, the, everything's the same except the home crowd, except the crowd. You still have to play the game. Those guys have to show up. The role players, the, who's their big three, I always say there was their big three was Chris Bosh in the, in the bench. But those guys have to show up. Yeah, and so I, I said before the break, I was going to ask, do you think that the 3.30 Eastern uh, start time messes with these guys' clocks? I mean, it's easy to it's easier to do it at home than on the road. But do you think that it's just it's a weird time? Like I remember when I played high school ball. I know this isn't the same, but if I was playing in a in a basketball tournament, and my game was at you know eleven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday or noon on a Sunday. It just felt off because you have to change your whole regimen from what you normally do and what you've done throughout the whole season. Possibly, but you know, both teams had to play under the same conditions. It wasn't like one team was coming from the West Coast and 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 we had one on the East. It, they were playing under the same conditions as far as the time is concerned. So when you're used to playing 6.30 games, p.m. games, evening games, uh, it does. I know a lot of coaches, they practice according to when are you going to play. They get your body up and going so your body wakes up when game time starts. So a lot of teams will practice around 3.30 just so when the game starts at 3.30, it's a it's a, it's in your DNA. It's a regimen that your body gets accustomed to real quick. So yeah, it could have, but in this instance, I don't think so because of both teams had the same circumstances. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about Oklahoma City and San Antonio in a second. I want to ask you because I've been thinking about this. Do you think that it would serve the NBA as a whole? to do the first round as a best-of-five series and best-of-seven. And the, the reason why I'm asking that is because it would add more, because uh, Atlanta would have beat Indiana in the first round 3-1 if it was a five-game series. And all of these good teams would be, it, it would put them under the fire a little bit more. It would add some more parity to the NBA. So say Atlanta got there, and then say they won their second round game, or they're, they almost won the second round uh, matchup, whatever it would have been, would it want would it make free agents want to go there because they've gotten further in the playoffs and beaten the number one overall seed like as the NBA as a whole do you think it would help the NBA to do it as a five game series instead of seven I would like it I would like the first I would like the only the the championship game maybe the Eastern Conference and Western Conference final and the championship game go seven but all those prelims if I can call them that should be five game series helping the NBA the NBA loves this type of action we there have been some good basketball in these playoffs um, since playoffs started. The NBA is making tons off this, um, so it would help a great deal. As you mentioned, Indiana Pacers would not be playing right now. Uh, Atlanta would be playing. Then we would have been looking at Atlanta and Washington. That would have probably been a, a good game, but there would probably be no match for the Miami Heat. Sure, but now, yeah, because in the er- early on, the really good teams that make it through the first couple rounds would crush the the inferior teams, yes. But I think it could potentially put the wheels in motion to make it more of a widespread, uh, you know, it, where the players would go as opposed to just wanting to go to six teams. Because now we're looking at the number one and number two seed in both conferences. Oh, there's a lot of storylines having to do with, you know, Golden State taking uh, the Clippers to seven it, it, and all these things. But it's, it hasn't changed 
exactly what we thought was going to happen, the one and two seed and the one and two seed. I'll tell you this to, to answer more into your question. It definitely would have helped the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks because during free agents, you go to a team and say, oh, this was, this was a playoff team last year. Let me go here and see if I can get, help get those guys over the hump. You, they seem to have everything in place. And how they came into the playoffs, they was on a 10, or a 10 to 12 game run or winning basketball games and got into the playoffs and eventually knocked the Knicks out of contentions of being that eighth seed. So how they came in, and if it was a five-game series, they would have beat the Indiana Pacers, then you probably get good free agencies come in there. Right, and that's... It kind of, again, sets the wheels in motion. And trust me, Indiana is happy they didn't play the Knicks because Knicks probably would have, would have beat them with the way they were playing. So that's good. I'm just curious, and I don't think that they'll revert back to that, uh, which is what they were doing up until the mid-'90s, I believe, yeah. uh, with the five-game first-round series. Which I think is good, but, you know, when you got you got, with sponsors, you got to think about sponsors. NBA might want to do it, but when you got sponsors putting that money in and money up um, – their product gets shown during commercials, during uh, tele- uh, games around the arenas. So it's not just the NBA and what they want to do. It's what who those sponsors, those major contributors are that's putting money into this uh, basketball game. Yeah. I mean, it's we'll see. Again, obviously, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but it's just an interesting thought. Because, again, with the storylines, a lot most storylines don't follow through. And obviously, these did not. Uh San Antonio, Oklahoma City tonight. First off, who do you have in this series? Just San Antonio. In? Seven. Okay. So, and that's, again, that's pretty much answers the question as to why it won't go back to five because there's nothing more exciting than a game seven in, right. in, in playoff atmosphere for any sport. A game seven in San Antonio, that's going to be a great game. So, looking at Oklahoma City from going back to the Clippers series, and I said this before, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant are better than any player on the Clippers team. Both of them. So you have a top-to-bottom, pretty much solidified unit, and then you have two guys that take a lot of shots, that pretty much win games on their own, and you and you get stuff peppered in from, from role players, but traditionally it's just Westbrook and Durant. And can You, you can say the same thing talent-wise alone about San Antonio. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant are better uh, athletically, talented, talent-wise, than anybody on the San Antonio Spurs team. However, the Spurs have, you know, for the past better parts of two decades, been just a consummate, top-to-bottom, cohesive team that, we're, that we've grown to love. Unless you, uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and you got some role players around you, uh, that's going to step up. It's going to hard to beat. Two guys cannot beat five guys. And I'm not going to discount Kawhi Leonard and what he does for that San Antonio Spurs basketball team. You got Tony Parker. When I, when I look at... Russell Westbrook and what he does. If Tony Parker is hot, Russell Russell Westbrook is going to turn this to a one on one battle, and that's going to be d- dismantle the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder and what they're trying to do in this series. He's not Tony Parker's not that guy. If Russell Westbrook is getting off, he'll come down and pass the ball. Two points is two points as long as our team get two points after you do, and then we got to play a defensive game. But you look at the five guys for that starting lineup in Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, then you have um, Tiago Splitter. Splitter. I don't see five guys beating, uh, two guys beating five guys in a seven-game series. And that's true. And I, and I think that even talent-wise, the Clippers are more talented. And this is not, take experience completely out of this, just pure talent and basketball ability, the Clippers are better than the Spurs top to bottom. Just by talent, by youth and all those things. But you cannot put a dollar sign or an amount on 
experience. And obviously, they've had more experience than any team in the NBA, top to bottom. Right. When you look at a guy like Kevin Durant, you're talking about a 6'10". What is he, 6'10"? Yeah, with like a 7'4 wingspan or something. Yeah, but he's like a 6'10 guard. This guy can handle the ball like guards. Uh, he he can play. He's tall enough to play the three or four. Um, it's almost magic, like when Magic plays the five positions. Uh, magic Johnson, when he plays the five position, when they won the championship. But you're looking at a different breed of guys. So yeah, talent wise, and and Russell Westbrook is unstoppable. The only guy who stops him is himself. But Kevin Durant. You, it, there's not a lot of guys in the NBA like him, and I'd be hard-pressed to find one that's exactly like him other than LeBron James, who's a bigger guy at uh, six, 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 seven, a bigger guy that's unstoppable. Yeah, and Russell Westbrook, the way he's played the last four or five games, if he continues to play in that way where he facilitates, he doesn't take a lot of shots, he gets to the line a lot and doesn't blow up, we could see a really good series. I'm still picking San Antonio in six or seven. Uh, on the other side... We'll talk more about this series and uh, how excited I am to, to watch it. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter in studio. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, voiceamerica.com. Kwame Lasseter and Alex Clancy in studio. New music, please. Yeah. It's time for some new music, really. Did you turn that up on purpose, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, I think he did. <laughs> okay. All right. That's enough. Thank you. Um, no, we need sorry some, the we Kings need... lost. I apologize. Yeah. That, yeah, that is too bad. We need some new music. We got to open and closing. I got a couple of songs. I guess I got to bring it in. Yeah, so do I. I got some stuff. I got some Britney Spears for you, too. I don't care what you bring as long as it's good. As long as, it, <laughs> as, long as it, you know when you're talking about a subject or you, you go out into the, the segment and you tease it, then that song or music should come back. To what we're about to talk about. Do you think that it's better for Oklahoma City that Serge Ibaka got injured, which would allow Steven Adams and Nick Collison to start as the four and the five and play a predominant low post role that Serge Ibaka does not play? No way. This guy uh, averaged about 8.8 rebounds. He probably averaged about three, four, three blocks a game. I, I don't think it's better. What I would like him to do is not shoot three-pointers. Yeah, I know. Um, James Harden... 
they got rid of James Harden because they couldn't keep him. He was their other third guy, if not their second guy. I don't – Sergey Barker missing in this game is, could be an issue um, in what Oklahoma City Thunder wants to do. Somebody has to, somebody else has to step up and play that role and, and, and create or manufacture 8.8 rebounds in a basketball game, which who's going to be that guy? But someone has to step up because these guys get paid the same way um, – professionally, I should say that, to do a job. But it's going to be tough for them to go against uh, the San Antonio Spurs without Sergio Ibaka, yeah. even with Durant and uh, Westbrook, uh, two of the best in the game. Yeah. It, it makes it a tough game for them. I don't, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily see it that way. I think that with Nick Collison, he's a veteran. He, he's a great passer. He runs the floor really well. He can finish around the basket. So he will play center. I think they need to bring Kendrick Perkins off the bench, like I said last week. Steven Adams has shown flashes of, of, prom- of you know, promise. He had a double-double last game in the Game 7 closeout against the Clippers, and he had... Or it's Game 6, sorry. And uh, he, um, he just shows that he's fearless, and this blind, this blind fearless attitude can kind of sometimes supersede experience because he's just going to play He's going to play all out, and he can give Tim Duncan fits by pushing him around, getting him off the block, making him shoot jumpers instead of shooting inside the key, and they all can run the floor, and with this, you know who the stars are. You know that Nick Collison and Steven Adams are going to be the role players, and they'll finish around the basket, they'll get get garbage baskets, offensive rebounds, things like that, which will allow Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant to do what they do. Yeah, I, no, I think um, when you when the role players understand their roles, it makes better uh, chemistry for their teams. And I've said that quite a few times with um, Oklahoma City. How Oklahoma, the head coach Scott, he let that he let Russell Westbrook take over, try to take over games with the best shooter, one of the best shooters, shooters arguably, and Kevin Durant in the game, the leading lead scorer in the NBA, the lead MVP in the NBA. How he let him try to take over games in the second half of basketball games is amazing to me. You just don't try to scold him right now. You should have done that two, three years ago, so you're not having this problem. But and, and I'm saying that to say when the role players understand their roles, the game flows are much better. Your team has a better chance of winning because now we know who to get the ball to, and that superstar has to take over. Now, that superstar also, like a LeBron James, have to be able to count on his role players and maybe that's the bench guys. And that's why I say, and LeBron James, you want to pass the ball to see what we got. And I agree with you that you don't have to do it for the whole game. You could do it for the first half and get those guys' confidence level up. Playing in the playoffs is one thing. Playing in the Eastern Conference Championships is another. Playing in the championship game, a whole different ball game. So we got to find out where those guys' nerves are. And it's crazy to say where their nerves are. And they've been here before. So... Oklahoma City Thunders have to find a way to win this game on the road. This game is on the road, if I'm not mistaken, in San Antonio without Sergey Ibaka and his defensive presence. Yeah, but I think Serge Ibaka, and you've said this many, many times, that he plays the ball from the weak side. Yeah. He's not a great uh, stand-up defender, and I think that, especially on defensive end, you have two seven-footers in San Antonio. I mean, Tim Duncan's more or less a seven-footer. And... You have these two guys that can at least give you six fouls. 
you know, they'll at least be able to man up, play defense. Nick Collison takes charges better than most big guys in the NBA, and that's so huge in the playoffs especially because they've seems like they've yielded a lot of their calls to the defensive guy, even though they haven't planted fully uh, to take the charge. Him rebounding, I mean, all of these things. Defense is going to be so important for Oklahoma City because they're not a great defensive team. And I think Serge Ibaka has something to do with that. His numbers are there. His rebounds are there. But when you have Thabo Sevaloja probably having to guard Tony Parker and you have Kevin Durant guarding uh, Kawhi Leonard, you need two guys. You can't have Kevin Durant move down, slide down to the four, and guard one of those two guys because they'll get eaten up. No, Look you, at LeBron. I mean, no matter how good of a uh, perimeter defender he is, he's not a great low-post defender, and Kevin Durant is skinnier than he is. And Until it matters, you don't want those, those type of matchups early in this series. You want to see if these other guys can step up and get it done because it, it exerts so much energy uh, on both ends for, for all those guys, Tony Parker and Russell Westbrook, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. It exerts so much energy as far as offense and defense on both ends. So those guys got to step up, and you have to be able to switch. I don't know what defense they're going to run, the Oklahoma City, tonight, but they won't have to switch off and switch off with some efficiency and, and some consistency and get it done um, with Sergei Barker being out. He's already he's established a presence. Although he comes from the weak side, he's established a presence as far as one of the most dominant guys in the NBA. So with that absence, and that takes a lot off the mind, of a San Antonio Spurs basketball team, but they won't believe it until they see it tonight when the lineup come out and if he's not on that sideline or on that bench dressed to play. But somehow they have to go out there and try to steal one of these games and take it back to Oklahoma. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's it's key for them to win a game in San Antonio just to keep their confidence up because they, they, were, they gave up a 19-point lead uh, game four, and they were up. They were down seven with forty nine seconds left, so they easily could have lost this series if they hadn't came back, come back from forty nine point from with forty nine seconds left. So this is going to be very important for them, just top to bottom, especially with Serge being out for the whole play, the rest of the playoffs. On the defensive side of the ball, or on the off, uh, on San Antonio's defensive side of the ball, you have Kawhi Leonard guarding Kevin Durant. Okay, you have the the low post guys. Tim Duncan and Tiago Splitter will be able to help a lot with the with the perimeter double teaming and things like that right. because there's not going to be a lot of low post presence offensively for Oklahoma City. But it's going to give fits to Tony Parker. Is Tony Parker going to guard Russell Westbrook? I think Danny Green should guard Russell Westbrook because that that'll alleviate a lot of that. And you know Tony's coming off of I think it was a hamstring, but I think Danny Green will alleviate a lot of pressure going into the fourth period, fourth quarter of this basketball game. If Russell Westbrook is not guarding Russell, I mean, if, um, Tony Parker is not guarding Russell, Russell Westbrook all game. Mm-hmm. Again, that puts a lot of pressure on both ends of the uh, basket, or both ends of the courts between those two guys. So if he can spell Tony Parker a lot, Danny Green, if he can spell him a lot in this basketball game and, and, and get on some good minutes with Russell Westbrook, then the Spurs in a healthy, in a fresh, I should say, Tony Parker wins this game yeah, with no it, problem. And it's it's interesting you say that because all of the def- the guys that play good defense on San Antonio can also they also have an offensive game. Like Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard is a double double machine in the playoffs; they're close to it. Uh, and uh, on the other side, Double Cephalosha is not an offensive guy. No. He he <laughs> used to be a three point shooter from the corner, but he's had an awful year, awful playoffs. He had he showed a couple flashes against the Clippers, but nothing great. Right. And then both guys down low aren't offensive threats. Uh, so. With Tiago Splitter, who, who's cultivated his game with a lot of help from Greg Popovich, he could start 
play major, major minutes on a lot of teams in the NBA, and they need to hold on to him. I think they gave him an extension a year or two ago. Uh, and that, you might that's going to be problematic for... It's going to be problematic for Oklahoma City because they only have two or three outlets for offense. Right. And you may see, you bring up Sophilosis, you may see Danny Green on him. Yeah, that may be the matchup. But as Popovich and his rotation on who's guarding whom, that's going to be key in this game. Um, who's going to be fresh in the fourth quarter of this basketball game on the defensive end? And that's going to be a huge part of who wins this basketball game, in my opinion. Yeah. Because you got scores on both, on both sides, on both teams. You got guys who could get it done, but defensively, who's going to be fresh in the fourth quarter? That's going to matter the most. Yeah, and that, As, obviously, and that's why San Antonio, I think, has has an upper hand because they all they need to do is slow down Kevin Durant, keep him in the low twenties, and just disrupt Russell Westbrook. You just have to get him tired because when he gets tired, he shoots a lot more jump shots. He doesn't take you to the lane as much, and that's I think the Danny Green thing is a good choice. They don't really have anybody they can bring off the bench to, to defend him. Mano Ginobili yeah. is an okay defender, but he's like a Serge Ibaka on the perimeter. He, he's a steals guy. He's a double-team steals guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I say San Antonio in six or seven, even though I would love to see Kevin Durant get there and potentially win a championship when he, during his MVP year. I'll say this. For Oklahoma City Thunder to win this game tonight, both Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook have to be on. They have to be on with uh, 30 and 25. They have to be on with that. And role players, just just be there defensively for those guys. If one of them off, Kevin Durant cannot have an 8 for 22 night. He cannot have those nights or this game is over. In the third quarter, it will be over. But both of those guys, for them to win this game, have to be on. Yeah, and I think Russell Westbrook being quote unquote on has a little different look in the in the box score than it does for Kevin Durant. Well, in the because he needs to be able to pass the ball in the playoff. Russell Westbrook now, as much as we talk about him and his superstar status in the playoffs, I think he's twenty eight, eight and eight. Yeah, in the last two weeks, he's played fantastic. Yeah, twenty eight and eight. No one's done that since Oscar Robertson. Yeah, he's twenty eight, eight. He's eight, the second. Eight. He has, he has the second highest efficiency rating. Uh, under LeBron James in the whole playoffs. Right. So, I mean, he's putting up numbers, and I think, and I go back. I go back to where Kevin Durant's um, MVP mm-hmm. speech, his, we've seen a different Rus- Russell Westbrook. Totally. I don't know if this coach talked to him or that speech maybe just it did clicked. it Maybe it hit. Maybe the light came on and said, I am playing with uh, one of the best, that probably I can play the game. And he's one of those guys that say, well, I'm one of the best also. But it may be a click to say, we got a common goal, and that's to win an NBA championship. Let me defer to the best guy on our team, best yeah. play, all-around player on our team. And let's not forget that he single-handedly, well, not single-handedly, Kevin Durant hit two huge threes later on in that game. But he won, what was it, game five? He won game five for Oklahoma City. Yes. He had a huge game, and... People don't forget that. People know how good Russell Westbrook is. But the things, the flashes of of being an idiot, being a knucklehead, kind of kind of overshadow at times how purely, insanely talented he is. Right. So he needs to get that happy medium in between, be a 20, 22, 10, and 6 guy. That helps their team so much more than him scoring all 32 of those points and getting zero assists. Russell Westbrook will tell you how this game is going to go play out in the first quarter. He's going to tell you in the first right. quarter how this game is going to play out. Yeah. Um, and then with the coach, Scott and Kevin Durant, what bothers me the most is those two guys don't say anything to him. 
don't say a thing, anything to him. And I think something should have been said. But at the same time, how do you hold a guy like him down who cannot be guarded? He guards himself, but the common goal is team ball, win a championship, get to where we are right now, beat the Western Conference final, beat the best team, arguably the best team in the San Antonio Spurs, and get to the championship. Yeah, and, and again, I say this, and uh, we'll finish this on the other side of the break and then talk about the Belmont Stakes in New York coming up. Russell Westbrook getting down the lane. His two options to dish the ball off to were Serge Ibaka, who's 12 feet away from the basket, and Kendrick Perkins, who jumps negatively when he jumps. So he can't even dunk the ball at 6'9". So now when you have these two guys, Steven Adams and Nick Collison, they can finish around the basket, it'll yield a lot more uh, trust in... It'll keep the defense honest in San Antonio from having to come to him because they'll have these two guys under the basket that can uh, that can finish. On the other side, I want to hear what you have to say. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, Kwame in studio. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are going global with gas. Man. Is that Matt the intern? That's here. Look, I made this show. Dude, you totally made it, man. You were doing the Big Brother tryout today. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Matt. All right, let's, come on. Let's play drug code. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? Drug school. Yeah. Are we going to play porn and music or not? This program contains sexually explicit dialogue. Discretion is advised. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. Going global with gas. Man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back. Kwame Lassie, the Sports Talk final segment, 888-346-9144. Stay tuned for a uh, Kwame Lassie, Sports Talk mashup that we'll have. I'm saying I'm giving a month, and we'll have, we'll have a new intro. What do you think? Uh, I, all I have to hear you say is, Alex, you're an idiot. Like, that's what I want on my part. Well, I can and say that I'll, right now. <laughs> I can say that all the time. But look, no, I'm, I want yeah, I do like the intro to be changed, but... If you not listen to the intro, a lot of people just listen to the music. They don't even know what they are saying in that music. Mm-hmm. That we shouldn't even be playing that music. Um, if you really listen to the intro, we shouldn't even be playing what it is. And there's a lot of music of, uh, you know, a lot of things out there that people like, but they don't listen to the words. I'm like, I could tell you a Jay-Z song that played openly on MTV when MTV was hot. And everybody didn't know he was talking about selling drugs. Like literally selling drugs, weight scams, and every, grams, and all that stuff, and literally saying how to do it. It was 
but the song was good, but nobody really listened to it. So yeah, I don't know. To answer to comment on the intro, yeah, we got to fix that up. We'll do it. Um, so to finish this up, because I do want to get into the Belmont Sticks coming up and the controversy over California Chrome being able to wear the nasal strip or not. Talk about that in a moment. Uh, <laughs> Who cares about the it's a big deal, Dominoes. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so you're saying San Antonio wins tonight or Oklahoma City? I'm saying when you look at the San Antonio, but when you look at okay. the bench, um, I thought most of the points c- come from San Antonio bench. Those guys come off uh, DL, who Ginobili, yeah, Patty Mills, Patty Mills. Uh, hopefully, if he's, uh, but most of their points come from their bench. That's a great, a, a good uh, Popovich, Greg Popovich basketball team, an all-around basketball team. When those guys come in, there's no off night. There's no off night because then you can sub, but you want your bench to be able to spell your starters for two minutes. Two minutes in basketball is a long time. That's like coach, hurry up and put me back in. Time, but they. I look at tonight's game, as far as the bench is concerned, it might be an even match. Yeah. But they have to come in and still do their job. Oklahoma City needs to smack them in the face early if they want to win this. Because San Antonio, yes, has offensive firepower. Yes, they can go on runs. But they don't have the offensive uh, weaponry to, to come back from a 15-point lead. You know, like especially momentum is not in their favor, which it normally is when they're at home. Because it's the toughest place to play, in my opinion, in, in the NBA their home court. I know that Portland, I, I said, dabbled in. It was probably number two, but obviously that's not the case. Who you got, um, Scott Brooks or Greg Popovich? Uh, who do you think? Scott, Scott Brooks. Brooks is going to get fired in the next two years if they don't make the finals again. <laughs> I said he should have got fired last year. Um, but yeah, I picked San Antonio in seven. I'm picking San Antonio to win tonight, but it will show a lot about Russell Westbrook. This is what this is the only person that I'm really going to watch tonight. See, see how he takes the adversity of being in San Antonio with that crowd being the underdogs in this series in an effort to get past them to make it to the finals, I want to see if he's going to think that you can win the whole series in one game with one player that would be him and, or if he does not. And I hope he doesn't because there's, the basketball is so much more fun to watch if he doesn't do that. I think Tony Parker's just smarter than this guy. Tony well, he's the experience too. Yeah, I mean, well, he's more yeah. polished player, more T- polished Tony NBA Parker, player. He's not... He's, he's not invested in a one-on-one battle in these basketball games, whereas you can find that Russell Westbrook, if you come down to score him, he's coming down to score he, on you. But he didn't do that since the first couple of games against the Clippers. He's he, been a totally different player recently. Yeah, after that, after that, whole, after that MVP. Chris Paul, well, after Chris Paul went nuts on him in game one. Right, and, and cost him, and then, then he does what he, he did what he did in that game. But he's still the Russell Westbrook as we know him. If he gets into the... And this atmosphere alone might change that his mindset. He gets into a one-on-one battle. The Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City Thunder is going to lose his basketball game. California Chrome wins the Preakness, 139th Preakness, sets up the chance at a triple crown once again. Belmont Stakes in New York coming up. The Belmont Stakes are one of the only racetracks. I know they're the only racetrack in New York that does not allow nasal strips to be worn by horses because I would think that it seems like an unfair advantage. It allows horses to breathe faster. Their airwaves are are, are opened up more. And I don't think that this is really a fair thing. I mean, I understand that all horses could do this and... The uh, in California Chrome is the only one that that has. There was a potential triple crown, uh, the one that had won two in a row. I think in 2012, I'll have another won the first two legs of the triple crown, and the Belmont Stakes said no, you cannot wear the nasal passage. So if California Chrome wins the triple crown, 
Will it be under scrutiny due to these nasal strips? Probably. We're going to look for something to talk about. Um, the the But it's, the, it's, the, it's the legitimate. Ogres, the, yeah. If you can wear it, wear it. But I've never worn a nasal strip ever. Um, but I know it's designed to open up your nasal to so you breathe better. Uh, I think also... People wear it when they snore or something like that. I got to try that. Um, you snore? Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, Allegedly. The, people say that I snore. I don't know if that's true People? So you sleep with no, a lot I, of I don't hear uh, My girlfriend says that I snore. <laughs> okay, then you still say that. Look, if it's, if it's allowed to be worn, then then fine. Then there should be any any conversation about it. And you also, also mentioned 12 years ago when you try to get that triple crown. I don't even think the, uh, what is it, the California... What's the horse name? Chrome. Chrome. I don't, I don't think. I don't. It's th- not yeah. a sexy name. Uh, no. Cali Chrome. Come on. I don't think he, the horse is going to even race. His three-year-old horse. To to win it is a lot of money. The Triple Crown, that just the all springs. But to say I've won two and I'm not going to race my horse. If you want, they're going to race the if horse. If you want to breed them right now, then we could do that. You, it's millions of dollars in breeding these horses. Millions of dollars. Like, just off one batch, just to get a horse of that caliber um, and wait two to three years to see what happens, what comes, what comes about in the horse you just breed it. I, I, don't, I don't care what the horse wears. I I'm not going to even watch it. Now, the other question is... I don't even is, go to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, well, going to the Kentucky Derby is a little bit bigger says, deal than watching it. Yeah, I don't even do that. Yeah, one of those of hats? One of those cocktail hats, whatever the, whatever the ladies wear? I'm going to wear a Kango, and that's going to be what it is. <laughs> so... And the other question is, will other horses wear the nasal strips now it, it, to try and get a leg up on uh, on California Crown? I mean, these things, I know this seems so minuscule. These are $10 little strips that you put on, on, on the horse's nose, but Triple Crown hasn't happened since 1978. So if California Crown were to, in fact, win this, I truly believe that it's going to be under investigation. All of these things are going to come out because, yes, we do need something to talk about, anything to make horse racing relevant, they, but still, it's going to be an issue. They lifted a ban on nasal strips to allow this horse to race because they want another triple, triple crown. crown. Right. I think because of that, they want a triple crown. It'll just better the chances. It's obviously the best horse in the field. Well, after the fact, it's not going to even matter. Once it's done, it's done. So the scrutiny, you can't take the Triple Crown away. Sure. So the scrutiny um, of, of lifting the ban and then complaining about it afterwards, it's not going to matter. Uh, but then you can set a precedence for next time or next Triple but Crown. But if they put the ban back on and then they win the Triple Crown, it doesn't. Then that's going to be a problem. And especially because Belmont Stakes is the longest race of the three, so you need as much breathing ability as you possibly can have if you're the horse. Yeah. So... I, it just it doesn't make sense if, to if me. If you haven't, if you come into how you've been coming into these these horse races, the horses and the jockeys, I don't think you change anything um, that you haven't been doing because it, it's a, it could be a distraction. It could be an irregular, irregularity to the horse, or that I'm not used to the uncomfortability to the horse. I'm not used to this. Why is this on me? I can't race this way. I don't think you change anything if it's been working for you. Well, yeah, but say they didn't lift the ban, California Chrome doesn't get to race, then they look at the other two, and they're like, well, the only reason you won is because of these nasal strips. You won't even race. And if the, if the, if the horse did race without the nasal strip that finished last, it's like now they have to ban fully the nasal strips from all of horse racing. Yeah. So this could be a bigger deal than it looks like it is now. Carmel Esther Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. Tomorrow morning, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.